I believe that uh, whatever God has laid on my heart will be a blessing to everyone. Amen. Amen. Since this month is your mission month, it's, it's the month that you have devoted to, um, um, you're making an emphasis on mission, I, I thought it would, be, it would come in handy and it will fit into the revelation of the house for this moment to share briefly with you on what I have entitled Manifesting the Kingdom of God. Manifesting the Kingdom of God. And you would like to come with me to Matthew chapter 6. And I'll read just verses 10. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I'd like to repeat that verse again. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And let us pray. Father, we thank you and we're so grateful that we can sit at your feet today. We recognize that you have the words of life. And so here we are before you. Unfold your word to bring light and illumination into our lives. And I, your servant, I ask that I would be a tool in your hands. I will be your oracle today. To speak in a manner that will be a revelation to as many as are present here. Let each person hear a message that is tailored for their need. A message that is unique to them. For you are able. For your words are life. And your words are as a two-edged sword. Discerning our thoughts and the intents of our hearts. So use my lips. And let it be an oracle to bring your word. I also ask that there will be manifestations of your spirit here. Let it bring profits. Let families, my God, be revived. Let relationships be reformed. Let homes be rebuilt. Let lives be set on fire. Preach that will teach your people. And when all, say, all is said and done, we will not be careful in saying that glory be to your name. And if you believe this prayer, the Bible says in Psalm 47 and verse 1, Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen. Amen. Thank you. From the beginning of time and from creation, God sought to extend his kingly domain, which is his kingdom from the invisible that is in heaven, in the spiritual realm and bring it into the vis- physical, that is the visible, this earthly realm for us to experience. The domain or the region of his influence is his kingdom. The kingdom of God is therefore the jurisdiction that has his influence in full authority. And so, when we say the kingdom of God, it is not an abstract concept we're presenting. But we are presenting 
a domain where God's influence is in full authority or is in full effect. So when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he told them, pray this way, thy kingdom come. That means that let God's influence be felt here on this earth. And Jesus' assignment when he was introduced to us through the virgin birth was to introduce God's kingdom to us. That is why his first message was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He was about his father's business which was extending the sphere of God's influence. And that is what missions is about. Missions is about extending the influence of God. Because there are many places that God may be known, but his influence may not be felt. His influence may not be in full authority. His model prayer, as we see it, captures God's agenda for his influence to be manifested here on earth. In fact, when you get born again... What happens is that there is a change in the domain over your life. <laughs> so Colossians 1.13 says that he has delivered us from the power of darkness and transla- translated us or conveyed us into the kingdom of his dear son. The new birth is an exchange of influence over your life. So at the new birth, you actually change kingdoms. Uh, all right, we're Ghanaians, we are uh, in Ghana, but uh, we are not really from Ghana. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? We are on this earth, but we are not, we are not from here, because our kingdom really, our, the influence over our lives uh, is not from this earth. So at the new birth, we only change uh, the influences over our life. And the change was so drastic that it was not only... Uh, that we were translated from the kingdom of the devil, his influence into the kingdom of God's dear son. Something unique happening happened to us. In Luke's Gospel 17, from verses 20 to 21, the Pharisees, the scribes, they came to Jesus, asking him, you, you're speaking of a kingdom, you're speaking of a kingdom, when would the, the, this kingdom come? And Jesus said that, you see, when we say the kingdom is coming, it's neither here or there, it is not a physical thing. Then he said, this kingdom has all, is already here, but it is in your heart. It is within you. And so I am here to re- present to you that when you think of the kingdom of God, do not only think it as God's influence, but think it as something that is within you. Something within you. God can only influence the world through you. And from you. That is why missions is very, very important. Therefore, God's influence is extended to the world through you. So you are God's instrument of extending his influence. When he said in Matthew's gospel, go into the world, 
and preach the gospel. It is very easy to interpret it as leave your location and go to another location. Anywhere in the world. But I'm here to present to you that it is not so. Because we have many wells. We have the medical world. We have the financial world. So whatever your expertise is, God is sending you to extend His influence in your world. That is why the banking sector should not be the same if you are there. Because you are there to extend that influence that is within you over them. Amen. Amen. So you don't need to go to Nigeria to do missions. Just right there in that hospital. By how you are taking care of patients. Let that kingdom influence be seen. You know, uh, there's always been this thought that how do we extend the kingdom of God? And that's what I want to in the next 40 minutes or so, I am going to show you. Amen. Are you here with me? All right. I know if it were my wife, maybe there would be shouting and something, but that's fine. I said I'm an electric cooker. I'm coming. Okay. (laughs) Once the world thinks of influence in geographical settings or sense, the kingdom of God extends in the invisible way. And there are four things that releases God's kingdom that is in you. You see, each and every one of us is like a seed. We are like a seed. You know, if you think of God's kingdom, God's authority, and God's influence, I can imagine that such a powerful concept, God will cause it to reside in me. It means that his power cannot be seen until I make a move. That's how important that you and I are. To think that God has invested his authority in you. But you see, we are so packed. We are a power-packed people. We are supermen. Because nothing can contain God. Even a box cannot contain him. But he chose to live in you. Please don't cry when the devil knocks at your door. Just open your door and say, the kingdom of God is here. That's all he needs to know. (laughs) Because that kingdom sets him right, running. Because you carry God. But how do we manifest that which we carry? That's that's the key thing we, we need to know. If missions are going to be effective. I believe we need to acquire and understand the language of God's kingdom. That's the first thing that we need if we're going to manifest what is within us. If we want to be relevant, we want to be impactful in any nation, in any sphere that we are in, we need to learn the language 
of God's kingdom. <laughs> you know, this is it. You see, every kingdom has a language. Every kingdom has a language. If you go to Finland and you want to be relevant in Finland, and you want not only to be relevant, but you also want to draw out of all the benefits that are immune to a Finnish, you have to learn the language. <laughs> so you need to speak that language. <laughs> In order for any person to be effective and to be a bona fide Guinean and be able to enjoy all that is statutory this as a Ghanaian citizen, number one, you need to speak a Ghanaian language. It's very important. And the kingdom of God has a language. When you go to Holland, you need to speak Dutch. You go to Germany, you should speak uh, Deutsch. You go to uh, uh, Finland, you need to speak Finnish. It's, it's not as in you are Finnish, but it's Finnish. <laughs> Why acquire and understand the language of the kingdom? Because you see, a language is the body of words or systems common to a people of the same community of the same nature or region and by language comes inclusion <laughs> into a community and through your communication you facilitate the the benefits and an influence that is owned by the same people the people in that community and so the question we want to ask is that what is the language of the kingdom when god said it is, uh, God said, let there be light in Genesis. What language did he say it in? That must be the language of the kingdom. <laughs> what language did he say it in? Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Now here, this is what scripture says. He says, God who at various times in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he has also made the world. world. Now, God speaks to us through his son. Mm-hmm. So the language of the kingdom is sunish. <laughs> he speaks to us by his son. You see, in order for us to manifest God's kingdom, we need to understand His Son. Because His Son is the language of His kingdom. He speaks by His Son. Does it mean that God doesn't speak to us through prophets and through preachers and through others? No, no, far it be from that. For Matthew eleven thirteen says, For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. <laughs> they all prophesied until when? John. John came to introduce the son. So immediately the son was born, the language changed. To his son. You see, the son was pointed to in the law. <laughs> And the prophets. And the law and the prophets reveal the son to us. 
And so we say the new in the old concealed and the old in the new revealed. The law and the prophets are fulfilled in him, in his son. So Revelation 9 verse 10 says, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Every prophecy must testify of Christ. Otherwise, God is not speaking. Are we together? Whatever anybody tells you and declares that it is prophecy, it must be lifting Christ. It must be magnifying Jesus. No matter the way he says it, and however the message is some glory must come to Christ in the end of it. Because he's speaking to us by his son. So Paul said, if anybody comes to you preaching any message either than Christ, either than Christ, he is not from God. Because Christ is... You see, the more you know this is son, the more you become proficient in the language of the kingdom. <laughs> Peter, James, and John were taken by Jesus to the Mount of Transfiguration. And as they watched, Jesus was changed. Glory covered him. And they were so excited. Very excited. (laughs) But a voice came from heaven and said to Peter, You know, um, human beings were very quick in institutionalizing things. Um, um, If that voice had not spoken, I am sure a church would have been built there or something, you know. I mean, we visited Israel um, a couple of years ago and you know, man of God, every place something happens, there's a church building there. Where he fed the 5,000, there's a church building there. Where he was born, where he was born is actually, where he was born is in the foundation of the church. So you have to go deep down and they tell this is where he was born. A church has been built around it. You know, that's how we are as human beings. But you see, God didn't want it to be that way. So when he spoke from heaven, he said, this is my beloved son, hear him. That means listen to him. Because it is by him I am speaking to you. I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but you see, I don't see anything Christ, magnifying Christ. When you tell me the color of my curtain at home. Mm-hmm. You tell me the color of my sofa at home. You tell me the day I was born. Yeah, I know it. You t- <laughs> I don't see anything Christ. <laughs> Magnifying Christ about it. Are you here with me? I need you to tell me <laughs> that he is lifting you up. He wants to manifest his glory on you. Now, no, that's, that's Christ. Now, that is the language of the kingdom of God. Are, are you here with me? Don't get excited about too many things. Because not every language we are speaking is that of the kingdom. Some languages are languages of men. 
to magnify men. But if you need to manifest the kingdom, you need to speak the language of Christ. Yes, sir. You need to speak Spanish. Number two thing. We need to understand and also acquire the culture of the kingdom. Every kingdom has a culture. That's the way we do our things. Culture is primarily the way we conduct our lives in our context. That's, that's culture. Every community has a unique way of conducting itself. <laughs> when we say culture shock, when we say somebody's had a culture shock, it is actually the state of bewilderment and distress experienced by an individual who is suddenly exposed to a new or strange or foreign social or cultural environment. It means that he is not from that environment. He doesn't have that culture. Now, this is the culture of the kingdom. The culture of the kingdom is love. The culture of his God's kingdom is love. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven to 40, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Then the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. If the culture of the kingdom is the love of God, it will be a culture. It's, if the culture of the kingdom is our love, our love for God, it will be a culture that is very amorphous in its, in, its, uh, in its outlook. Why do I say that? Because we all love God in different ways. <laughs> so I need to qualify it here. The culture of the kingdom is not how we love God, it's how he loves us. The love of God for you is the culture of the kingdom of God. This is the testimony of David. God said that he's a man after my heart. But we know that David did some very terrible things. So, if we need to consider that our, our, the culture of the kingdom is our love for God, uh, it will be very strange in the sense that certain people that we look up to will not model it for us well. So, he modeled it for us. And he said, my, the culture is my love for you. Look at how I love you. Yeah. And that is how we will conduct ourselves in this kingdom. And so Jesus prayed no prayer for us. One prayer he prayed, he said that they may be one. As I and you, the Father, are one. And he said that by our love for one another, the world will know. As we replicate the love he's shown us, that is the culture that catches on to the world. That is how we begin to influence the world. The love of God is the culture of the kingdom. To consider it, you see, the, the grace of God is administered by his love. Without his love, he cannot show us grace. Because what is, driving his, his, what is driving the grace of God is His love for us. I was at an airport once and I was flying someplace and I was looking at a mother 
and a toddler. They were sitting there whilst we were waiting to board. The toddler went to one of the, you know, sweet vending machines and pointed to a bar of chocolate that she wanted. The mother carried the child and sat her back on the chair. The child will not stop crying. She goes back and points to it. The mother says, sit here. I will get it for you. But she doesn't understand it. You know, when you you think of our, our relationship with God, that's what it is. We tell him what we want, but we are not patient for him to do it for us the way he wants to do it. So we point... And he sits us down and says, you sit here, I will get it for you. But no, 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 no. We go back and point. It must take a long-suffering God to deal with us that way. And it is, it is only love that helps you. That's why scripture says love is, suffers long. And to think of it, you see, it is God's love that is the culture of the kingdom because it tells us how long. We need to be patient. And God's love, when you look at it, some, it's, it's scandalous. I'll use that word for it. And it's outrageous. It's so outrageous. To say to us that I called you from your mother's womb. Before the foundations of the earth, I knew you. That means that what we are, what we do, does not come into the equation at all. He loves us for what we are. Hear me. Know the love of God, the love that God has for you. And you live at peace. Because that's the culture. He wants us to be, he wants us to be peaceful. He wants us to, to relax. Amen. Amen. In John chapter 11, the Sisters of Lazarus, who had died, they wanted Jesus' attention to come and raise Lazarus. Or to come and do something. But Lazarus was sick then, to come. Jesus told his disciples, let us wait here for a while. They waited two days. And when the disciples asked Jesus, why did you ask us to wait here two days? Lazarus will definitely die. And Jesus says, I I know it. I love Lazarus. That is why I waited two more days. Now for me, that's an anomaly. Because if you love someone, you should be rushing. But he said, I allow Lazarus to die because I love him. That's very outrageous, isn't it? But you see, the love of God is not limited by your situation. The love of God is not limited by your situation. It is not even limited by... It is not your problem that manufactures God's power. No, no, no. His power has been in existence before you had your problem. And he loved you to bits. So, irrespective of what your situations will bring at you, 
His love is greater than that. So he said, what can separate us from the love of God? He now says, can tribulations? He says, no. He says, can demons do that? He says, no. That is the culture of the kingdom. So Mary and Martha understood that. So when they sent the message to Jesus, they didn't say to him that, come for Lazarus who loves you is sick. They said to him, come for Lazarus whom you love is sick. Because you can't approach God on account of yourself. You approach God on account of what his son has done for you. That is why we pray in the name of Jesus. If we pray in our name, our prayers will never be answered. It is on Jesus' account. His love for us. That is the culture of the kingdom. Five times, John calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loves. He calls himself that. He caught that revelation. So the culture of the kingdom releases releases uh, uh, the culture of the kingdom releases the, uh, he releases his authority within us. Do I have you here with me? Alright. Let me give you the third one. I'm just about concluding. The third thing that releases and manifests God's kingdom through you is we need to understand the operating system of the kingdom. Every device or entity that is dynamic has an operating system. (laughs) They have a set of basic tenants and value that manages them or manages how they function. You know, all computer devices have an operating system. In the heart of each is a software that manages the hardware and provides resources for its function. You cannot work an Apple device <laughs> by an Android operating system. You can't. Neither can you work an Android uh, uh, device by an iOS operating system because they, they all are managed differently. What gets them to function is different. The kingdom of God's operating system is faith, trust, and belief. Faith, trust, and belief. That's how we get the kingdom to work. Faith, trust, and belief. That's how we get God to work with us for the kingdom. There is nothing that happens in the kingdom without faith, trust, and belief. God must trust me to call me to ministry. He must. He must have trusted me. Because if he looked at me, he probably would not. If he looked at what I will become, he probably would not have called me to. So it's faith, trust, and belief. That's how the kingdom operates. So when God said, let there be light, there was no evidence of there being any light, but he spoke in faith. Amen. 
So he calls Abraham the father of faith. So he can show us how to live in his kingdom. If we need to walk with God, we have to walk with him, trusting him, relying on him totally. Relying on him totally. Depending on him and leaning on him totally. And the ability to trust God is that ability that unleashes the kingdom of God from within you. You know, sometimes we say we trust God, but we really don't know what we are saying. To trust God is to lean on Him. Totally. And you cannot trust God without untrusting something. If that's a good, good way of saying it. Because we all trust in things. You never know you trust in something until God demands that from you. Then you realize that all this while I trusted this. Peter did not know he trusted so much in in his boat. Until Christ told him, come to me. And he needed to walk on water to go to. Then he realized that all this while, my boat was the safest place. It was that which I trusted in. Are, Are we all together? What operates the kingdom is our faith. In him. Faith in him. You know, maybe this story would explain it. I told it somewhere. If you've heard it before, act as though you've never heard it. And it will explain the point. You know, in 1859, uh, there was this gentleman called Charles Baldwin. Charles Baldwin was a tightrope walker. He walked a tightrope. And he plied his trade near the Niagara Falls between Canada and, and the United States. So, what history tells us that he tied a rope one end of the United States and tied another end in Canada, across the border, over the Niagara Falls. 11,000 feet in length and 160 feet above the crashing torrents of the fall. And he will walk across it. He walk across it. And crowds will gather, cheer him on. On this particular day, you know, when he does that, he's inc- he incites the crowd by doing things. So he will ask the crowd, do you believe that I can carry a bag of cement across it? And we say, yeah, then he carries it across it. On, the, on this day, he asks, do you believe I can carry a wheelbarrow across it? And everybody said, yes, you can. Then he came back and he said, do you believe that I can put a human being in this wheelbarrow and he will cross it? And everybody said, yeah. Then he asked, I need a volunteer to sit in the wheelbarrow for me to cross. And he had no volunteer. They believe he can do it, but they did not trust that he can do it for them. The kingdom works by you trusting God. And trust is beyond what you are saying. You know, it's easy to say, I trust God. Oh, I trust God. Brother, how is it going? Oh, we are trusting God. We are trusting God. We we trust Him. (laughs) Oh, by His grace. That is how the kingdom works. The Bible says, they that come to Him must know that He is. 
and that he is a rewarder. They must trust in his person and they must trust in his ability. That I am and I can. He is and he is a rewarder. That is the level to which the, 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 the kingdom operates. And that is how we need to walk. So Jesus didn't pull punches at all. He knew people believe he can heal. But when they came, he asked, I know you came to me because you know I can do something. But do you believe that I can heal you? Why should he ask that question? Because he needed the people to trust wholeheartedly in him. They just shall live by his faith. I like the way Habakkuk puts it. He didn't say the judge shall live by faith. He said the judge shall live by his faith. So it's a personal thing. You can't live on my faith. Neither can I live on yours. You live by your faith in God. I pray that we all begin to operate in that realm of belief. Where we consider all things and we settle on God. Because we know he is the I am that I am. We know he's the Alpha and Omega. Before anything began, the genesis of your problem, he's aware of it. He was before it, so he can handle it. If I exist before you came, it means I have authority to deal with you. And that is the kind of thing that operates in the kingdom of God. I pray you begin to manifest God's kingdom wherever you are. I pray that you manifest watch where you are in your situations. I'll give you the last one and I'll call it quits. We need to acquire the attitude of the kingdom. The attitude of God's kingdom. The attitude of God's kingdom is thanksgiving. Gratitude. That's all it is. <laughs> and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you also will call as one body and be thankful. You cannot manifest the kingdom without this attitude. An attitude of gratitude. Thanks to God. Being thankful for the sake of it. In these last days, the Bible says men shall be unthankful. But that is for other kingdoms. In the kingdom of God, we are grateful to him. So we can say, rejoice not over me, my enemy. For I may be down, but I will be up. Because I'm thankful to God for where he has me. Wherever you are, be thankful to God. You may not thank God for everything, but thank Him in everything. Because He has it covered. That's how we conduct ourselves in the kingdom of God. So Joseph could say, you meant, you meant it for evil, but I'm grateful to God. He had a bigger plan for me. I pray that this mission's week, God will lift you to another level in your revelation of his kingdom. God will take you to a level where you understand his language. 
where his love begins to operate in your life. When his power is released out of you. Is somebody here with me? Are you here with me? The kingdom is within you. The kingdom. God wants to work with you. But until you step out in faith. You will not see many things that God wants you to see. Amen. In closing and in conclusion, Lester Samra, one of the greatest men of God that we have read of and we know, went to do some missions in Tibet. And they put him in a hotel. And this night he was in the hotel. And he saw his bed moving from one corner of the room to the other. He was about to pick his Bible to run away. Because if your bed is moving on its own accord, <laughs> you need to be out of that place. <laughs> he was about to pick his Bible and run away when he remembered that the kingdom is in him. I have authority and influence in my room. I'm paying for this room. <laughs> So no entity can move my bed from its position. So he said to whichever moved the thing. He said, whoever that you are, move my bed to its original position and leave this room. It is mine. So the bed moved back to its position. And whatever it was, got out of the door and he closed it and said, now it is my room. It's my authority. May your life be like that. May you walk in authority because the kingdom dwells in you. Thank you and God bless you. Give Jesus a clap of Thank you, Jesus, a clap of